Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of Backtalk. Backtalk is brought to you by the Buda Area Chamber of Commerce. My name is J.R. Gonzalez. I'm your host. And today we're going to be talking about movies. Yes, you heard me right, movies. The movie industry has come to Buda, Texas. And today we have two gentlemen as our guests that are responsible for actually making a feature-length film right here in Buda, Texas. We have Rupert Reyes and Alex Avila. Rupert, you are the producer, screenwriter, and actor? Yes, that's correct. And and Alex, you are the actual um, director? Director and producer. I also edited. An editor. You did everything. I have a movie called Vecinos, Love Thy Neighbor. Now, Vecinos is a, um, Rupert, it started off as a play that you wrote. Yeah, that's right. It, uh, we did two productions of uh, the play just titled Vecinos at the Mexican-American Culture Center in Austin. And uh, the first time it ran, uh, we did uh, 12 performances, had a really good audience response to it. In fact, it was nominated for one of the best new scripts in Austin by the uh, Austin Circle of Theaters. Uh, at, back at that time, now it's called the B.I. and Payne Award. Uh, and then we reprised it back in about 2014, and that's when we started talking about making a movie. Wow, 2014. So it's taking all this time to get a movie out? Yes, yeah, so it does take time. Uh, I wasn't involved with the theatrical production of it. Uh, I came aboard uh, much later. Actually, they were already had a lot of inertia in terms of trying to put the production together. Okay. Now, let me ask this, um, and we're going to be talking about Buda a little bit more, the Buda Connection. But, Rupert, you have been acting for quite a while. You've been doing it since high school. Since high school. And you're at least over 40 now. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> A little bit over, yeah. Did you ride your horse to, to, to high school, Rupert? <laughs> no, but I used to go barefoot. Uh, okay. <laughs> and Rupert, you're also a theatrical teacher with a degree from the University of Texas. Right. I'm uh, certified in theater education, um, and uh, I still have my love for teaching uh, students is still there. I still work with kids. Uh, primarily, I've done a, lot, a writing workshop over Travis Heights Elementary School every year. We do a writer's workshop. Uh, got knocked out as a COVID last time, but... Uh, uh, I have worked a lot with kids, and I enjoy working with kids. My first job was in Houston, working with kids that had substance use problems, uh, using theater to try to motivate them, to try to keep them in school. So we had our own little theater company, then uh, students helped write the productions, stage the productions. Um, we ended up getting a contract with the Houston Parks Department and performed in the parks during the, my stay in Houston. Over there in Zilker Park? Over there well, in we were in Houston, so we, oh. were, we were all around. Moody Park, I think, is one of the main parks we were at, okay. which is on the north side. Now, Alex, you're also a UT grad. Mm-hmm. You have your undergraduate and your PhD from And university. my master's. And your two, master's. Three degrees in the University of Texas. My, my master's and PhD are in journalism. I was a journalist for 25 years. Um, but my bachelor's degree is in film production. So I learned to do film the way nobody does it anymore, like with film. Old school. Yes. <laughs> Which is better? Uh, well, the, the, the good and the bad. The good thing is with uh, digital, it's become much more accessible. Uh, back in when we did it the old way, it's like not only getting access to the equipment, uh, which cost a lot of money, it was also getting the access to the, the means of production and post-production to edit. You know, now anybody with a camera and a computer can, can literally um, put put out a production. And the bad is anybody with a computer... <laughs> camera could put out a production so the market gets saturated usually with you know backyard product and and you know not so high quality stuff uh and so that's why we need festivals to kind of vet what's good Uh, but you know there's so much being produced now by people thanks to the 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 advances in technology now, your film vecinos love thy neighbor is circulating the film festival circuit right now 
And from what I understand, you guys are doing great. You've actually won several awards on the film festival circuit. So far, so so far, so good. We've only been in four of them, and two of them have been online. Well, we haven't been in four of them. We're about to be in four, <laughs> and two of them have been online, uh, and then two in uh, in person. We actually premiered at World Fest Houston International Film Festival in April. And uh, that was great. And we were thrilled that we could get a live audience, but we were limited to 30 people in that live audience. And, uh, you know, most of them were friends and family of the cast and crew, so we were kind of preaching to the choir there. Uh, then we had the Cine Las Americas in Austin. We, we aired, that was online, but we, we got an audience award for Echo in Texas. So, and we were glad, I mean, that audiences would respond to it. And so, uh, we're fresh off right now, coming from uh, Cena Festival in San Antonio. We had an audience uh, last week of 200 people, and it went great to, to get that audience reaction. You know, Rupert comes from a theater background, and when you perform in theater, you feel the audience energy. Right then and there. Yeah. Uh, but we had not had that experience until we could get it in front of a live audience uh, at, at Cena Festival in San Antonio. And we were, we were just thrilled by, by how they reacted to the film. It was a great audience. Uh, uh, I had the double pleasure of watching uh, my film being put up on the on the large screen, but also the gentleman behind us that had a running commentary throughout the whole film. That was, that was uh, almost as entertaining as the movie because he was almost so tuned into the film, saying the lines before they were on the film. I mean, it was like so. It was a rasa. He was so tuned into the what an old man would say in this situation or do in this situation. And so he, he was just right on script. It was like, are you doing my, do you have a copy of my play? Are, are, are you, you going to hire him for your next movie? I'm going to hire <laughs> him. Yeah, he was great. Joanne and I were both sitting there cracking up as much as with him as we were as a film. But uh, it was great because he was so totally engaged. And, and to me, that's that's what you want. When, you're want. when your product engages somebody so much that they're living almost the experience as they're watching it, you know you've got a good product. Well, walk me through it, gentlemen. How did it come from a stage production to a movie to being mostly filmed here in Buda, Texas? <laughs> well, the first part is that is during the second run, 2014, um, we really didn't start seriously talking about making a movie around 2018. Uh, so about four years after the, that production. And be, and it started with a cup of coffee. Karina Perez-Cantu, who plays Sylvia in the movie and also played Sylvia in the theatrical production, uh, said, let's have some coffee. I, I, let's talk about making a movie. And I said, okay, I'm game. And so we started talking. We had coffee a couple of times. And before you know it, we had decided who to invite on board as a production team. Um, Raul Garza, Jojeni Segura. Uh, Moreno, uh, my wife Joanne, who was actually the business manager of our theater company. Um, I don't know if people know that I was a founding artistic director of Teatro Vivo in Austin. And so I had I had uh, about 17 years of producing theater under my belt. So a leap to movies was not that far, except that uh, I had absolutely no idea how to make a film. Uh, I knew how to produce stuff, how to get the money together, and how to, get, how to organize teams. So... Um, that we've got all that together, um, and then Alex, who was very fortunate to come see uh, uh, one of the readings that we were doing to try to drum up financial support for this movie. And Alex lives here in Buda, Texas, and um, he has an interesting story how he found our location because that location, when I walked up into the second story of this building, the Carrington House, it was our set oh man it was perfect i could felt I, like you you lived there all your life. Yes, yes, but uh, Alex can tell you how he found that place. 
Well, you, as you know, in Buda, there's a lot of development going on. There's a lot of construction, uh, and particularly in, in certain areas. And uh, at one point two years ago, they were working on the street uh, close to my house near Old Goldforth, and they would knock out my internet pretty regularly. And like once or twice I can handle, but over, over the course of weeks, I would lose internet for quite a while. And I, I'm a college professor. I teach at Houston Tillotson University right now, and I needed internet. So I, I would have to come to the Summer Moon coffee shop here in downtown Buda uh, for several hours a day just to have internet and, you know, have a cup of coffee. And uh, they got good coffee, so I recommend that. So I'm walking past that, and at the time, um, when I wasn't grading or preparing for classes, I would get online and I would be prepping what we needed for the film. And we needed locations, and we were having a hard time uh, finding what, uh, what we called the apartments. Um, part, a big part of the film takes place, well, I think we need to, to sort of preface uh, the film a little bit, in that the story is about an old man who's been living at this place for a long time, and then he gets a new neighbor in the apartment complex. So we needed the right apartment complex, and we needed a hallway, and we were having a great deal of difficulty getting the right place. I mean, I, I have no hair now, and uh, I, ha I had a... I like to say I had a full head of hair before. We when you started this project. <laughs> we were starting this. But anyway... As I was walking past the Carrington on my uh, coming back from uh, having coffee at Summer Moon, I, I looked at it and I was like, you know, we've got a, a wedding scene. This might work for the wedding scene. And I called them up and it was it was February. They were having Valentine's Day weddings. They said, just pop on in and take a look. And I went upstairs and I had no idea what was upstairs of the Carrington. And that's when I called uh, Rupert and say, you got to come and look at this. So we came down with uh, a lot of the production team and, and walked upstairs. And, and uh, I mean, the moment I walked into the Carrington house and saw those set of stairs, they were going upstairs. It was sort of like that was the vision that had come into my head when I was writing this play or a screenplay. And uh, when I walked upstairs into the living room area and looked down the hallway, it was almost like the photograph in my head had come to life. It was perfect. It was exactly perfect. The old walls uh, with paint sort of peeling. Um, Roberto has lived in his apartment for years. I mean, in fact, uh, I decided to set it in an apartment mostly because I'm heavily influenced by early television, especially I Love Lucy. I am uh, a ter big fan of I Love Lucy. And, and if you remember that they lived in an apartment, the uh, the Mertzes the were there. Fred and uh, Ethel. Yeah, <laughs> Fred and Ethel were their landlords. The landlords. They own the they own that apartment building, and so um, I've always loved uh, that idea of living in an apartment. So I wanted to put my character, older character, in an apartment. Now you. Most Mexicanos probably in East Austin didn't live in apartments, right? But, right. but um, that was the, the story that I created, this apartment complex with uh, a small older apartment with maybe four units in it. And, and uh, the upstairs at the Carrington house was perfect. And then once we started talking about it, um, I think it's Carrie at the, at the Carrington. I don't, I'm sorry, I can't yeah, think of her last name, but um, <laughs> just totally came on board with the film. I mean, she helped us do um, a lot of things and she actually allowed us to paint upstairs. So the color blue that you will see in the film is our color uh, unfortunately it made it look too good and so we had to repaint the entire apartment back uh, to its older kind of color it's interesting and what they they told us was uh, 
we had to paint it once we were out of there. We had to paint it gray because they didn't want anything looking prettier than the bride because that's their business. You know, they do a lot of uh, weddings and so. <laughs> okay, that, I'm not going to make a comment on some of the looks of some of those brides then. Okay. Uh, but uh, Gray Barker, our, our um, set decorator, came in there and had that's a beautiful blue. And he worked with uh, Mike Osman, our cinematographer, to choose that color, to pick that color. And it just. It was perfect. It, it was just amazing. And then, uh, again, and then I know that the people from the, the um, I guess, the Tourist Bureau here got involved and helped to secure all the permits. Uh, really, really, everybody was so welcoming into this little place. And it was a wonderful shooting downtown because the coffee shops were there. We'd run out of coffee, and then we'd go over, and they were very helpful with getting us, uh, you know. And <laughs> summer moon. Yes. Yes. yes, and yes, then summer. some of the local businesses would donate some things that you see in the movie, some of the uh, – uh, uh, the older materials, we didn't have to purchase them or rent them. They they donate them, and if you look at our credits, you can see a, a lot of Buta and Buta businesses in the, in the credits of the movie. The uh, the box that you'll see, um, and I'm not revealing it too much of the story by saying this, that there Roberto has an antique gun, a pistol that he keeps in this beautiful wooden box, and that wooden box was uh, donated uh, for our use through this um, um, an antique company here in Buda. And I, yeah, I don't, I can tell you the name because Gray is the one that really Gray went and uh, he did, he secured all that stuff. But um, so a lot of the furniture that you see in the, on the set, um, a lot of the props were um, donated uh, by by people here in Buda. That's how supportive they were of this film, and, and very welcoming. I'd I'd come back here in a second. Outstanding. So let me ask you this: Is there a future for Buda? In the film industry? <laughs> I, I definitely think Buda so. Buda Wood? I mean, come on. <laughs> I, I definitely think so. I mean, there's a variety of locations. I mean, we, we needed to shoot outside. We went over to the Stagecoach Park and, and shot a, a park scene that we needed, and, and it was just there. And when we ran out of, of things, we could just run up the street to uh, to a Home Depot and, and get it and be right back. And uh, we, we made more than one quick trip to the HEB <laughs> just up the street uh, to get what we needed because they're eating lunch and, and there's a lot of beer drinking going on. We got permission from the distributor to use that brand. The Independence Beer um, in from Austin, actually. I was, I was wondering where that because I, yeah. I saw that. They signed a release, but they didn't provide us beer, so we had to go and get Well, the they gave us some beer for the for the uh, rap party. We for had, the rap party. We right. had beer for the rap party. But, uh, you know, that the you were talking about the future of uh, filming in Buda. Uh, we, were, we were going to... Um, originally built a set in studios out by Bastrop. And our big concern was that while it was a beautiful studio and a wonderful facility, there was nothing close by in terms of restaurants, in terms of stores, uh, um, you know, either for materials, for the set, or for wardrobe. And Buda, um, there was, uh, we, we filmed in July where it was very, very hot, and our wardrobe was, was starting to get wet, and so we needed T-shirts to wear underneath it. And so we, it was easy to jump to, to the Walmart and pick up a pack of T-shirts. We showed up to have filmed the lunch scene that, that uh, you will see in the movie where Sylvia and her mom have sandwiches. Well, we didn't have sandwiches, so H-E-B. <laughs> and, and without delaying any kind, it was so close by, it didn't delay any of the production. We were able to jump in the car down there and pick up what we need. Um, locations, uh, um, again, the, the park. The... I would say it's very accessible. In Austin, it gets pretty complicated sometimes, and it gets pretty expensive to find things. Um, if they need to run out and get something, and it's Friday at 3 o'clock, they're going to be stuck in traffic in Austin. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jay, I'm going to tell you, this is not the first movie I filmed in Buda. Oh, really? There's a film called Snake Tales that was filmed by a professor um, in, um, from the University of Texas, and I want to say it was filmed probably in the 90s called Snake Tales, and um, 
her last name is Talenti, and I don't know if you knew her, but she, we filmed out in what is now pretty well developed, but if you take the road that goes out of the traffic light, you mm -hmm. film out in the country, back then they were just starting to put the roads in. So we filmed out in, the, in, that, in that country. We filmed the opening scenes of that film, and then uh, we did a lot of driving scenes. So there's a cemetery also, I think, uh, out that way somewhere. And, right. And uh, we filmed some scenes in that cemetery, so... This is my second film here in Buda, uh, and again, the, the first one was done like quite a, quite a long time ago. Very good film. Unfortunately, it didn't pick up distribution, so it's sitting in a can somewhere. Well, let me ask about Vecinos. People can see it at film festivals. What are future plans for the movie, or how can people actually see it, or will it be available in the near future? On We're very hopeful on that. Uh, we recently signed with a sales agent. Uh, about a month ago, we finished the delivery process, and when you deliver to a to an agent, I mean, there is so many things they want, all the paperwork, all the rights releases, all the actors releases, uh, and as well as the technical requirements of that. So it, that's complete, and so uh, we have a sales agent now who's uh, looking to see where she can place the movie, and we're really excited about her because, uh, well, once... One, for one, uh, she contacted us after seeing the movie. Uh, I had put it up on a portal for the uh, American film market, and she had seen it and contacted us. And she was actually, um, even though she's based in New York, she, she's from Mexico City. So she said she cried at the end of the movie and called her mother and told her about it and uh, just loved the film. And so, we're, you know, it's good to have somebody that really believes in the product out there trying to sell it, trying to get as many eyeballs out on it. So we'll be seeing in the next few months uh, what she can do in, in terms of getting it out there to distributors uh, but at least she has the access and then of course we're still going to be going to uh, festivals as you know, we're planning a, a screening in, in yes, Utah, and we yes, can talk we about that. Uh, and then uh, there are other festivals. The, the Latino Film Market at the end of July uh, is going to have us. It's an online festival, and people can see us there as well. That festival, I think it's July 26. Uh, uh, you can still you can start getting tickets now, I think. I think that's a Latino um, market. Is that Latino Film Market? Latino Film Market. Mar and it's .org. It's not .com. It's .org. Well, I think uh, probably in the next few days we'll be putting that on our website, which was uh, vecinosthemovie.com. Or our and Facebook page, too. And, and uh, you know, the people, that, the, the young woman is named Eli Zavala, and uh, she works for Mila Media out of New York. And again, like Alec was saying, she contacted us, and we had a great conversation, and she seems very passionate about the film, and which is a really good thing, because this is a, a, she makes it feel like she's going to have a, a personal thing with her in terms of getting it out there. And, and I think she has mentioned uh, you know, possibility of Netflix, possibility of, of uh, other streaming services. So we're very hopeful with that. But again, uh, um, you get a chance to, to actually see the movie if you can go online. And well, we are working on a couple things. Alex alluded. We're going to have a private screening later on this month through TAMAC, the Texas Association of Mexican-American Chambers of Commerce. And we're actually working with the city to see if we can't maybe have it uh, shown in um, City Park sometime this summer. That would be a blast. That's what's yeah. going to be fun. Well, it's just a way of saying thank you to, to Buda for making all this possible for us. And I think it's a significant thing to note that the listeners may have picked up on. This is a Latino-based film pretty much Latino cast, and for those who may not be aware, vecinos translates into meaning neighbors. So it's vecinos, love thy neighbor. Um, it's a great film. It's a great film. I really appreciate you guys letting me screen it uh, before this interview, but uh, 
I won't admit it, but I almost cried at one point too. <laughs> How many times people came up after the screening uh, at Cena Festival and said, I almost cried. I was like, yeah, well, you should have cried. We didn't get you there. Too macho to cry, man. You can't be crying in public. <laughs> So uh, anyway, um, Alex, Ruber, any, any closing thoughts? I want to thank you for being here today. Very excited about this. There's not enough independent films out there, and there's definitely not enough minority independent films. I know that's a, that's a whole new topic I may be coming, swinging back and discussing with you guys a little bit later on. Yeah, I, w- I would like to just see where the state and local communities and the local governments try to, to make things easier for independent films. Uh, in the past, like when the state would give out incentives for filmmaking, it's, it was really to bring out-of-state large productions, multi-million dollar productions. But there are a lot of smaller productions like ours. You know, our project, we made it for like $300,000. And something like that doesn't raise the eyeballs of the state. They want multi-million dollar projects. But it sure helps a place like Summer Moon. Yeah, it does. Like it, it helps the small communities here, and there are plenty of the smaller productions like that that could use support. You just need a little bit of support, uh, not only in terms of the production on places that that they can see it, and and we should you know open up the city parks and let audiences see their works, and make it easier. Give tax breaks to to the filmmakers. Now, all of that helps because it's it takes a lot to make a film. You know, if people want to get a, a little bit of a taste of the film, they can go to vecinosthemovie.com and they can see the trailer. The they trailer, can watch okay. the uh, two-and-a-half-minute trailer. That'll give them an idea of what we're talking about. Uh, the other thing is this film is about familia, and it's about neighbors getting and supporting one another. And the whole movie became that kind of thing. Besides making the story and making this uh, film for that it has this message in it, the making of this movie created that community. The people that came out and supported this financially, uh, the donations of, of materials and stuff, it became a real familia. The making of the film, um, um, friendships that were formed during the time of, of making this are really different than most of the other productions I've worked with. You, you show up, you film, and you leave, and then don't remember who is what or what who did what and this film was such a tight little group of, of people that it became like a little familia and um, the people that have come and continue to support it online through their through reviewing it from donations uh, have that same sense that this movie is is important to important to see because it is a movie about reaching back to everybody and, and realizing that we're kind of all familia in some way and this is classified as a romantic comedy right Hey, guys, congratulations. Alex, thank you very much. Rupert, amazing job to both of you. And thank you for being such a good representative of the Chamber of Commerce. You named more businesses in town earlier, so thank you. All right, thank (laughs) you very much for having us. Guys, you've been listening to the uh, you've been listening to Back Talk. My name is Jerry Gonzalez. Back Talk is brought to you by the Buda Area Chamber of Commerce. If you like what you've heard, go ahead and like us. You can find this podcast anywhere podcasts are played, and we always like hearing comments. Guys, it's still dangerous out there. Make sure you mask up, take care of yourself. Why? Because it's the Buda thing to do. Mm-hmm.